Hope you had a good time in communion, remembering Jesus, thinking about him. Uh, thank you again, Ivy, for, for sharing. Um, if we'll be opening our Bibles to the book of um, Matthew chapter 9 and Mark chapter 5. You know, uh, while we're turning there, um, I was just, as I listened to uh, Ivy speak and as I listened to Tabby uh, pray and Kathy talked earlier in the welcome, I was just really reminded and so thankful in my heart for all the sisters we have in our congregation. Amen? The sisters who are strong and spiritual, they walk with God. Um, I'm just so inspired uh, by your faith so often. And um, yeah, I'm, glad, I'm glad for the brothers too, amen? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but uh, really thankful to all the, the women who, all of you, who really um, just are awesome. So, amen. Okay, um, <clears throat> I am um, apologize for my voice ahead of time. Uh, I don't know how I sound. I, I think it's a little better than Wednesday, which was rough. Um, but I feel like it's starting to go. So, uh, anyways, apologies ahead of time. Hopefully, we'll make make it through this without too much coughing and you know other stuff. So, <laughs> okay. Um, so we've started the year, we're in the middle of a, a little mini-series on faith, and it's important, I think, for us to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, amen? And we're doing about a three-week, maybe four, maybe three, uh, mini-series on faith for the new year. So uh, if you've been traveling or whatnot, we started last week, and I would encourage you to go back. We're studying Matthew chapter 9. Uh, and we're looking at six examples of how Jesus built the faith of his followers. How Jesus built the faith. He saw in Matthew chapter 8 that their faith was pretty weak. And I don't know about you, but the holidays can sometimes, even though it's all supposed to be about Jesus, right? Uh, the holidays can be a hard time on my faith. And I need to, to kind of get back in the word, back in the flow, back in the rhythm of things to kind of get back rolling. Are you with me there? And so that's the purpose of this series, Faith for the New Year, New Year's Examination of Faith. The goal of this series is to inspire you to examine and take next steps of faith as we head into 2019. Our theme verse is Matthew chapter 9, verse 29. It says, it shall be done to you according to your faith. Really the central sentiment of this chapter in Matthew, Jesus saying to the blind man, it will be done to you according to your faith. And that's a great thought for us to really ponder and think about and consider as we head into the, head into the new year, 2019. Where is our faith at? What do we believe? What do we want? So we're studying this chapter kind of through the lens of three questions. What do you want? Do you believe, and what are the next steps? And so you should have a handout somewhere near you, um, and it uh, talks about kind of a well, PowerPoint slide that we'll see in a minute, and that's for you, not just to look at and be like, wow, wow, we have a, we have a sermon series happening. It's actually for you to take home and to study these scriptures on your own, come to your own convictions and really examine, really ask these questions of your faith. What do you want? And I want to clarify 
when I mean a little bit about what, what do you want. I'm not just asking, what do you want? Like, well, Lamborghini, uh, 401k, stock market to do better. Uh, I want a new boyfriend. <clears throat> okay? Or I want a new, you know, whatever. Psalm 37 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. That doesn't mean, okay, I like God, so I get whatever I want. It means when you delight yourself in the Lord, what you want actually be, starts to become what God wants. Amen? And so the desires of your heart become spiritual things. Things like, I want to grow spiritually. I want to repent of my sins. I want to help someone become a Christian. I want to use the gifts that God has given me to serve uh, the church. You know, we got a new window in the building last, you know, I don't know, yesterday it was completed. The window, though, if you go out to the front of the building, which we really don't go out there very much, do we? Anyways, take a, a, a gaunt out there and look up, and you'll see a new window because the old one was broken. But two of the brothers, who shall rename nameless, so their, their treasure will be in heaven, worked really hard to repair that window. Amen? And that was in, they were inspired by using your gifts to serve the church. And so what you want, thinking about what you want, is obviously in a spiritual context. Okay, so last week we studied about the paralytic in Matthew. And you can see the review there on your, on your handout. Um, this week we're going to look at uh, Jairus, the synagogue ruler, and the bleeding woman. And actually what we're going to do is, uh, instead of Matthew 9, we're going to look at this story in Mark chapter 5. Because Mark uh, dives a little bit closer, zooms in a little bit more in on these two. And we're going to look today, as we study, we're going to see how our fears and our failures really hold back our faith. And how Jairus and the bleeding woman didn't let their fears and didn't let their failures stop them from believing. Amen? So let's read here in Mark chapter 5, verse 21. The other thing that's happening with my cold is my whole head feels like it's in a, I don't know, what is that? How do you describe that when everything is like completely stuffed? Your sinuses, everything. So I can't hardly hear a thing. Because I know that everyone's like really amening and that sort of thing. So you're just going to have to really do it louder. Amen? Because I just can't hear a thing. Like during the singing, like the only one I could hear was myself. And I was like, this is not a very good worship. <laughs> but at it was a fine worship because God likes joyful noises. Um, but anyways, Mark chapter 5. When Jesus had crossed over again in the boat to the other side, verse 21, a large crowd gathered around him, and so he stayed by the seashore. One of the officials named, it looks like Jairus, but that is not how you say that name, okay? It's I don't, this is my best attempt, Iris. okay? We're going to give him another name later so we don't have to suffer through that name all sermon. But Iris came up and on seeing him, fell at his feet and implored him earnestly, saying, my little daughter is at the point of death. Please come 
and lay her hands on her so that she will get well and live. And as he went off with them, a large crowd was following him and pressing in on him. A woman who had a hemorrhage for 12 years and had endured much at the hands of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was not helped at all, but rather had grown worse. After hearing about Jesus, she came up in the crowd behind him and touched his cloak. For she thought, if I just touch his garments, I will get well. Immediately the flow of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her affliction. Immediately Jesus, perceiving in himself that the power proceeding from him had gone forth, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing in on you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see the woman who had done this. But the woman, fearing and trembling, aware of what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. While he was still speaking, they came from the house of the synagogue officials saying, Your daughter has died. Why trouble the teacher anymore? But Jesus, overhearing what was being spoken, said to the synagogue official, Do not be afraid any longer. Only believe. And he allowed no one to accompany him except Peter and James and John, the brother of James. They came to the house of the synagogue official, and he saw commotion and people loudly weeping and wailing. And entering in, he said to them, Why make a commotion and weep? The child has not died, but is asleep. They began laughing at him. Funny how quick the weeping and the wailing went to laughter. There's a hint of the sincerity and the depth going on here. But putting them all out, he took along the child's father and mother and his own companions and entered the room where the child was. Taking the child by the hand, he said to her, Talitha kum, which translated means little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately the girl got up and began to walk, for she was 12 years old. And immediately they were completely astounded, and he gave them strict orders that no one should know about this. And he said that something should be given her to eat. <clears throat> A couple of amazing stories that we're going to dive into. And we're going to ask, we're going to listen to them ask these questions. What do you want? Jesus asking them, or, 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 or the question is either asked or implied, what do you want? Do you believe and what are the next steps? We're, instead of Iris, we're going to say Jerry, okay? <clears throat> Jerry is just, it's a good old Jerry. And I don't think there's any Jerry's here, so no one's going to be offended. And then the, whole, the poor bleeding woman didn't even get a name in there, so we're just going to call her Joan. Okay, so we have Jerry and Joan in their interactions with Jesus. What did Jerry want? What did he want? Pretty clear, right? He wanted his daughter not to die. He wanted his daughter to get well and to live. So what did he do? Because he had this desire, what did he do? He sought Jesus. He went looking for Jesus. You know, this is why we have to start with what is it that you want? When you think about your faith, one of the, one of the big things we do is we think, well, I believe in Jesus. 
great, what do you want him to do for you? If he came and said, what can I do for you? We'd be like, well, I don't know, whatever you want. Kind of like with Ivy and Grayson. You know, that was a great story. Um, well, I don't know. See, I think that's, we're not, we're not really thinking, we're not really aiming, we're not really believing, we're not really seeing, we're not really having vision for what God can do through us if it's, I don't know. So if Jesus comes and says, what do you want? You can say, an answer. Amen? So he sought Jesus. He revered Jesus. It says, when he came to him, he fell at his feet. And he implored Jesus. Okay? So this is what an amazing example of prayer, right? We, we go to Jesus. We worship him. We fall at his feet. We fear and trembling, and we implore him earnestly, saying, my little daughter, I want my little daughter to live. Do you believe? What we see here is an amazing, what I like to call from both of these, from both Jerry and Joan, statements of faith. These are key turning points in the stories. Do you believe? Yes, they believed. Um, could you go to the next slide, Josh? There we go. Um, do you believe? And the answer is yes, they believe. But it wasn't just, yes, I believe. They knew what they believed, and they knew why they believed it. Okay? With Jerry, he says, he says uh, um, in verse 24, excuse me, in verse 23, he says, Come and lay your hands on her so that she will get well and live. Jerry believed that if Jesus came and touched his daughter, that there would be life that would go, that there would be healing, there would be life. Why did he believe that? Why did he believe that? We don't exactly know why he believed, but we can know that Jesus is the author of life. Amen? That Jesus spoke life. You, the universe, we are a product of the work of God. You didn't invent yourself. I got a good idea. I think I'll create myself. That didn't happen, right? So yeah, well, it was mom and dad. And, you know, listen, God goes way beyond your immediate parents. Okay? We got to think about where did, how did life start? How did the universe start? In the beginning, what? God. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. God is the author of life. So he believed that Jesus was the Son of God, the author of life, okay? Um, let's see here. I missed my, uh, messed my notes up. Okay. So Jerry believed at the statement of faith, come and lay your hands on her so that she will live. And it says that, um, Jesus got up from where he was and went and followed him. Now in Matthew it says Jesus got up and followed him. In Mark it says that Jesus followed Jerry. Interesting, isn't it? Jesus and the disciples follow faith. We always think like, well, we're following Jesus. And that's true. We all are always following Jesus. But Jesus responds to someone's faith, Okay. And so this is why our faith and examining our faith is really important. Faith leads us spiritually. Whether we believe or whether we doubt, that is what's leading us. 
The question is, are we, read, are we led by our beliefs or are we led by our doubts? Faith leads us spiritually. You know, um, one of the things that I want, I'll share with you from my own life, one of the things I want to grow in this year spiritually is depth in my close relationships. Depth in my close relationships. That's what I'm praying about and thinking about. And I believe, so this is what Jesus, what do you want? I want depth, okay? Do you believe? I do believe. What do I believe? I believe that in relationships, I will reap what I sow. Therefore, if I sow prioritization, investment, prayer, seeking to understand, being open and honest, um, that I will reap deeper relationships. Amen? Okay, so what do you want? What do you believe? Why do you, when, why do I believe that, by the way? Why do I believe that we reap what we sow? Have you ever heard that thought before? It's in the Bible, right? Because the Bible says you reap what you sow. I think I'll choose to believe that. It's called the law of the harvest. You can't sow pride, ignoring God, disobeying scriptures, rebelling from God's authority, not listening to Him on how to do marriage, not listening to Him on how to build a family, not listening to Him to how to build a spiritual friendship, not listening to Him to how to work hard at school or whatnot. I'm going to sow all these things and then expect to reap something different than what you've sown. Right? So the question is, do we really believe that or not? Okay? Amen. Faith or doubt is what we live out in according to that. According to your faith, will it be done? You know, Jairus here had a choice. I'm going to believe my beliefs and I'm going to doubt my doubts. How about, how about you and I? Do we believe our beliefs or are we doubting our beliefs? Do we believe our beliefs or do we believe our doubts? Well, I don't know. See, those are questions of doubt, and it produces wavering and anxiety and that sort of thing. And we can either choose to believe the doubt or to doubt the doubt and believe the belief. And I don't know about you, because I've struggled with my faith. I have to do this about 18 times a day. Amen? Because that doubt and those accusations... And those attacks from Satan are relentless. Okay, let's move on. So, so far, we got Jerry and Jesus headed off to go help his daughter. And then while they're on their way, Joan comes along. <coughs> A woman who's been bleeding for 12 years. And I just want to revisit this for a moment. She says, it says she had a hemorrhage for 12 years. Okay, um, this is not just a physical problem, though that's a problem. A woman who, this is, the implication is that it has to do with her, um, this is a very sensitive topic, uh, being a woman, let's just say that, amen? Okay, man, I've... Let me just line up the apologies ahead of time, okay? Um, in this, in this in state time, in the Old Testament, when you were this way, you had to go, you were considered unclean, okay? And anything considered unclean 
could that be, could you stay in the camp, so to speak? You had to go outside the camp. As a matter of fact, any kind of people that you were around, you, unclean, unclean. Okay, so that's why it's like, I think I'll just go outside the camp, okay? So this is still the Old Testament time. So for 12 years, she not only was suffering physically, but emotionally couldn't touch anyone, okay? Living outside the camp, her community, her relationships, her feelings about herself, her emotions, her spirituality, always being unclean, okay? And that's just the bleeding, okay? Now let's read on. I want you to think about the emotions going on, what she would be feeling. It says, uh, and, and endured much at the hands of many physicians. So she went to doctor after doctor after doctor, hoping for help being let down. Hoping again, being let down. Hoping again. After two or three times, right? What would we start to feel? Help me out here. What would you start to feel? Hopeless, right? Discouraged, deeply discouraged. And it's not just staying the same. Every time she goes, it gets worse. So pretty soon, outside of faith, you'd think she'd start to be like, okay, I'm not going to doctors anymore. And yet, this is how we can be. You know what? I've tried to change this. I've tried to change this in my character. I've tried to grow in this spiritual struggle. And I've tried, and I've failed, and I've tried, and I've failed. And after a while, we get sick of failing, right? And so what do we do? I'm not going to try anymore. I'm just going to be distracted with other things because it's safer there. But this woman didn't. 12 years kept going back, but it kept getting worse. Why? Why? Why would God allow this? I think now we can see why God allowed it. Because this woman has inspired faith. For 2,000 years, maybe there's something bigger going on in your life than just your life. And it gotten worse. Verse 27, after hearing about Jesus, though, she came up in the crowd behind him and touched his cloak. For she thought. I want to talk about our internal voice, our internal thinking. Who needs work on their internal thinking? I do. I'm like, my internally, I'm like... Man, you're an idiot, you're a loser, you're a sinner, you're worthless, you're nothing. And those kind of tapes just go, and I'm like, get out of there, right? And I, not, not like literally, that was kind of crazy to say. But, uh, but our thoughts just run away, our internal thinking. Uh, be mindful of your thoughts, right? Star Wars a little bit in there. Um, okay. And so, but she thought, what do you think you'd be thinking after 12 years of rejection and failure and hopelessness and aloneness? What would you be thinking? I wouldn't be thinking this. I'd be thinking, forget it. Bitter, right? But she's thinking, if I just touch his garments, I will get well. What a statement of faith. This is what she believed. Why did she believe that? Why did she? That's kind of an odd thought. If I just get the green light, I'll get better. It's just like, what's this got to do with the price of tea in China, right? I don't, um, 
Why did she think that? Anybody know? Carter. That's right. Almost, almost all right. Say, okay? Except it's not Isaiah. It's okay, though. I mean, that's good. Now I got it. He's my own kid, okay? So, um, that's awesome. Exactly. Every, almost every one of us, if we've come to this church very long, we've sung this song. This is the stomp clap song. Remember when Heather says, okay, it's stomp clap time, and I just like immediately get discouraged. I'm like, I can't even clap on beat, much less stomp and clap, you know, okay? It's, isn't it easy how we just miss the message? It's really not the point of the song, okay? Stomp, clap, so I just try to focus on the clapping, okay? But what is it, what is the song? Malachi chapter 4 says the son of righteousness will rise, it's starting to say, son of righteousness will rise with Healing in his wings. You've all sung it, right? Healing in his wings. Like, is he a bird and there's healing in the, in the feathers? No, that's weird. Okay, uh, what it means is his garments. Okay, the periphery of his garments. If the, when the Messiah comes, there will be healing. So whoever would touch the, the garments, I think it's Matthew 14, verse 36, something like that, somewhere in there, it says, whoever touched the hem of his garments would be healed. Now, this is after. See, this woman's faith inspired many people to be like, hey, this is the Messiah. But she believed that Jesus was the Messiah. Hardly anyone else did. But she believed. Why did she believe? We don't know her history. But she chose to believe that a Messiah was coming and that the, what was written about him in the Old Covenant in the Old Testament was true. The Bible's true. And I'm going to put everything I have. I'm going all in on the veracity of the Word of God, the truthfulness. I'm going all in. I went to doctor after doctor. I got nothing left. I'm broke. I'm alone. I'm poor. I'm tired. I'm rejected. I'm discouraged. I'm cynical. I'm done. But I'm not done because I've heard of Jesus, and He's the Messiah, and He can do something about this. Isn't, that a, isn't she amazing? Wow, Joan. How did she have this thought immediately? So she came and she touched Jesus. Immediately, the flow of her blood was dried up. and She felt in her body that she was healed of her affliction. Jesus is so awesome. Amen? And then Jesus is just like, who touched me? Who touched me? Now remember the crowd and the woman, everyone she would touch now becomes unclean. She had to count the cost of you know what? I'm putting, I'm going all in. Everyone I fight through this crowd is now going to be unclean too. I don't want to do that. I hate crowds. I'm going to stay away from crowds. Sometimes we got to face our deepest fears, the things we most hate. And we got to take even these things to Jesus. So she fought through the crowd. And I love this. It says, uh, who touched me? The disciples are like, you're, what are you talking about? You're crazy. There's a whole crowd around you. The disciples, once again, just missed the boat completely. You ever feel like you're just missing the boat completely as a disciple? Hey, so do I. You're in good company. Because Jesus says, 
okay, I know you're missing the boat completely, but just stick with me. I'm sticking with you, and we're going to make progress. Amen? So, but Jesus is like, no, someone touched me. There's something bigger going on here. And so it says she came afraid and trembling, so fearful, so afraid. But she came and fell at his feet and shared the whole truth. Here's the whole truth. And I love this. Daughter. Daughter. When's the last time she heard daughter? When's the last time she felt that kind of acceptance? That kind of unconditionalness? Can you just picture it? She's at the feet of Jesus, trembling, fearing, crying, weeping, of course. He says, daughter. Helps her up, looks in her eyes. Your faith has healed you. You're well. Go in peace. The flood of healing. It wasn't just her bleeding that was healed that day. Amen? How about you and I? We need some healing? I think so. Wow, what an amazing story. Okay, so this is just... You know, a moment in the life of Jesus. So then what happens is we move on, and as soon as this, they keep walking, and then someone comes from Jerry's home. Says, you know what? She died. Your little girl, 12 years old. I can relate to this. My little girl's 13 years old now. Can you believe that? She needs to go back. But if someone came into church today, because Jordan, actually, she's homesick this morning. If, she, she, if someone came into church, uh, excuse me, I'm kind of in the middle of a sermon. Excuse me, you need to come over here. Uh, Jordan just died. Right? What would you do? You just, you'd immediately just fall, you just fall down. Right? And so Jesus, once again, so sensitive, so insightful, so exactly what Jerry needed. And they're like, don't even bother anymore. And sometimes we feel that way when it comes to the things that we hope for. Why even bother? Jesus says, hey, uh-uh, uh-uh. Get up. Come here. Listen, Jerry. Listen to me. Don't be afraid. Just believe. I got you. She's dead. It's over. No, no, no. You don't understand. I'm way beyond physical life and death. I don't understand that. That's okay. But you do need to just stick with me. And you do need to keep on believing. Okay. And I don't know if he even, who knows how much he believed. doesn't say. But at this point, Jesus took over. He's like, let's go. And they marched on in there, and they get there, and everyone's weeping and wailing. And Jesus is like, you guys are all missing it. You don't get it, right? What's Jesus, the child not dead, but asleep. And then they start laughing, and he's like, I'm so done with the crowd. Out, out, get out. See, Jesus is the most tender and sensitive and beautiful, 
the deepest of our emotional needs he just ministers to perfectly and yet to the crowd who's who's acting like idiots and doesn't get it and they're mocking God and they're following their own sins and they're just doing whatever Jesus is like get out isn't that amazing that's that's the king of kings right there I want to be on the humble side of Jesus Right? I want to be Jerry. I don't want to be the crowd. Get out. Okay? So he put them out. All right? And it says, after he put them all out. I just love that. He comes to the girl, grabs her hand, Talitha Kum, get little girl, get up. She's like, what's up, guys? And think of Jerry and his wife. Hit their knees again. Hugged, weeping, crying. And I just love this. I love the honesty, the openness of the scriptures in Jesus. So they're completely astounded. It's like, guys, listen, if this gets out, the crowds are going to become unmanageable. Let's just not let this out yet, okay? It'll get out for many, many years down the road. Right now, we're kind of keen to keep this on the down low, the DL. Can you guys keep a secret, okay? Okay. And by the way, she's, she's hungry. Food. Huh? Food. The girl. She's hungry. Okay. <laughs> I just love it. Okay? All right. We need to wrap this up. Let me go back. Let me summarize with Joan and then summarize with Jerry. And then you go and you ask these questions of your faith and answer them with Jesus. Okay? So summarizing with Joan. Um. What did she want? She wanted to get well. Did she believe? Yes. If I just touch his garments, I will get well. What were her next steps? She had to fight through the crowd. She had to touch the garment. And she told the whole truth. And she received this incredible blessing of daughter, peace, and healing. What were her next steps? She had to fight weariness with hope. She had to fight the crowd with conviction. She fought shame with the grace of Jesus. She fought rejection with the acceptance of Jesus. She fought half-truths with the whole truth and nothing but the truth, and God helped her. Amen? She had to fight pride with humility. Jerry, what do you want? I want my daughter to live. Yes, I believe. I believe in you, except then there's this horrible setback in the middle of walking by faith, walking with Jesus. Horrible setback devastated him and yet what Jesus say don't stop believing Jesus said it long before journey <laughs> don't stop believing but holding on to isn't just a feeling it's holding on to Jesus despite our feelings amen what are your next steps Jerry's next step was just to keep just to take another step just take another step you got to figure out what your what your next step is. Jairus sought Jesus. He asked. He followed. But then when the going got rough, he didn't get going. He just kept in step with Jesus. According to your faith, what do you want? Do you believe? And what are your next steps? Fighting our fears and fighting our failures. I'm actually going to show about a, a two-minute video about failure. And then we're going to have Rebecca come on up and give announcements 
and contribution. But so often we let our fears, our greatest fears and our greatest failures stop us from believing. And I just want to give you a little inspiration from history here. And then the message will be yours. After being cut from his high school basketball team, he went home, locked himself in his room, and cried. He wasn't able to speak until he was almost four years old, and his teachers said he would never amount to much. Was demoted from her job as a news anchor because she wasn't fit for television. Fired from a newspaper for lacking imagination and having no original ideas. At age 11, he was cut from his team after being diagnosed with a growth hormone deficiency, which made him smaller in stature than most kids his age. At 30 years old, he was left devastated and depressed after being unceremoniously removed from the company he started. A high school dropout whose personal struggles with drugs and poverty culminated in an unsuccessful suicide attempt. A teacher told him he was too stupid to learn anything and that he should go into a field where he might succeed by virtue of his pleasant personality. Rejected by Decca Recording Studios, who said, we don't like their sound, they have no future in show business. His first book was rejected by 27 publishers. His fiance died, failed in business, had a nervous breakdown, and was defeated in eight elections. If you've never failed, you've never tried anything new.